Welcome to the podcast in the CRE Vault with Mike and Mark. Welcome to In the Vault with Mike and Mark. We are we're back with our first installment. We did a little trailer back. Oh, you probably heard it a week or two ago. Just give a little bit of background on what we're wanting to do with this podcast in general, but it's it's some market knowledge um, locally, nationally, covering all different modes of commercial real estate. Uh, and I am Mike Ball, Vice President of Sales and Leasing here at NAI FMA Realty. And I'm joined with Mark Hausman. I am Associate Broker here at NAI FMA Realty. Perfect. How are you today, Mark? I'm doing good. How about you, Mike? Perfect. It's it's sunny out. We had a little, little wind wind issues this weekend, but it's going to be a beautiful day. Good, good way to start the week out. Um, and what better way than to talk about industrial, one of the hottest, really hottest markets across the board. Industrial, you know, in the past has been the 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 most boring industry of all time for for many many years. You you paid, you know, you paid thirty dollars a square foot for a metal building, anywhere between thirty and fifty dollars a square foot, and you and you leased that same building for three to five dollars a square foot, and and that was the math for years and years and years, and and uh, it it uh, does not follow the conversation of of retail or office at all um, in the fact of it just there was not a whole lot of motion no and i i think you're right it's you know and we'll get to it but there is a a dramatic swing upwards as of recent couple years um but what are you know what are some of the types of buildings you know you're finding industrial just as a, a blanket you know use so, so industrial can be fairly broad, and and I have started hearing, uh, which I'm sure you have, Mike, is is a flex industrial, but it just in general form, industrial is anything from from large scale manufacturing. Um, you know, you can throw cold storage in there. Um, you know, food service they run out of the warehouse. Industrial. Um, you know, Amazon's probably the larger one nowadays that you think of when you're thinking of industrial. Um, but industrial can go as small as as a thousand to fifteen hundred square foot bay, you figure uh, picture a contractor, a plumber needs to store uh, s- store some stuff, and 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 they want to run out of there. And and, and also you can see um, some mechanics; they run out of industrial. They got a small little ten by ten office in there, but the remaining portion is just a large, wide open space. Yeah, that makes total sense. And let's let's say you know hypothetically, I'm listening to this podcast, and I've had this going around in my head of. Gosh, you know, I think this is something I want to jump into as an owner. You know, what are some of the key things if if I'm going to build something on spec because I'm hearing, oh, man, this is a huge need. What are some of like the the things I should really look for in terms of my build of what to offer? What What do tenants want? You know, I think the biggest request now that that, that we're running on, we're we're running such a low vacancy with, is is a dock high door. And and what's a dock high door? It's it's where a semi can back in, and they back straight in, and then you're at level once you get inside the warehouse there. So you got two kinds of doors. You got a dock high, and you got an at grade. Um, at grade would be home run for UPS, FedEx. Um, you know those those kind those, of small box. Yeah, and 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 they they usually run on a fourteen foot door, and it allows enough access to get in there. But that's that's an at grade. But we're running on a lot of a lot of tenants need the the dock high, just to you know as as loads come in and they need stuff delivered. I think that's where we're running uh, such a minimal uh, minimal amount of vacant units with is that is that dock high. 
And we've had, we've got an internal running joke, but if it's a blanket statement is the 10,000 square foot weather yard. And so if I'm, if I'm going out specking something, is it, is it, is it wise for me to try to have some excess land in addition to my flex warehouse, industrial, what have, what have you people, the people want outside circulation storage. And, and I think that's a must. And, and, and a lot of people, a lot of, uh, on spec, a lot of people come in though, they'll, they'll build from, from edge to edge and it, they just don't allow for anything outside storage. Figure, figure roofers. Um, um, they, they need to store shingles and they, they don't need to pay for the inside storage of those things and the rackings. They just want to put those outside. So, um, I think a lot of outdoor storage would be helpful as well. I think the biggest, I think one of the largest demands right now, and this comes with the construction industry, would be would, would be those small little fifteen hundred square foot uh, bays that that a contractor can use. They can buy. They can um, they can they can rent out. And and I I think that's where we're running um, the the lowest vacancy out of those small little bays. Construction is through the roof. It's it's uh, there's just such a high demand for that. I think you're right, and just you know. You- even from current knowledge and prior experience, you know, I, I'm, I do mostly medical, but I, I do work with a client who does some flex industrial and he, he popped right out of the ground and we had that lease within six months of those smaller bays. We've got a, another agent in the office that had, I think it was either, I'm going to, I'm going to give a range of, you know, seven to 10 14 to 1500 square foot bays. And those are all, I think they're full now. So that's, that's kind of the Goldilocks sweet spot. And even more so if you've got the ability to, you know, maybe combine a couple of those to make a 3000 square footer as well. Um, But there's, there's definitely still a need for that out there. The, the, the other major aspect of this is, is to, is to consider the circulation of in and out. Um, you don't want to throw an industrial building that in an area that's large, largely residential. It's, it's not easy to get in and out as you, as you, if you've ever studied the industrial market in any city, they typically follow either the interstate or they follow the river. Uh, so, because that's where it's easy to get in and out of, um, we're, we're in Lincoln, Nebraska. So our industrial is either on the north side or or the west side and and mainly because we have a highway that, that goes right highway 77 it goes from north to south and then we have the interstate that goes east to west and and so typically as, as, as our city grew over the years it grew in that fashion there's not a whole lot of industrial on the east side or this or the for the uh, south side, there is some, but everything's on the north and the in the west. So, always consider circulation, uh, even for heavy equipment. Um, airport areas always are, are, are big on the industrial side. Um, rail lines are, are mm-hmm. huge. Always keep those into consideration as well. Yeah, I think I get you can almost categorize that as almost like the amenities of in industrial spaces. You know, the circulation, rail access, and those type of things. That's very true. Um, That's very true. So different construction types, you know, there's, there's metal tilt up, tilt up. I think we're finding, and and you're more of an expert on this than I am. I I think it's more expensive. Um, And this is, this is the concrete tilt up, correct? It is. It is. They, they, they pour the walls, they pour the walls on the ground and then they stand them up with a crane. 
and and it's it's almost like a Lego building going in and out. Um, but they will pour a whole set of walls, and then they'll set uh, set up a whole set of walls a few days later. And and it looks to you may think uh, one of those developments is going really slow, but it's not. And then all of a sudden, uh, the, the whole building's put together. And you know, uh, price wise, um, tilt up used to be seventy, eighty dollars a square foot. And, and when I say used to be, that would have been I'll uh, say two thousand twelve to say two thousand eighteen. And and the cost wasn't it wasn't so much. Um, labor, moreover, just the cost of the of the units themselves. So then, all of a sudden, all the, everything started increasing, and and you know those kinds of buildings nowadays, we'll see those come for sale for about one hundred twenty to one hundred forty bucks a foot. Uh, the metal buildings. In turn, we used to, we've done, boy, Mikey, we've done a ton of those opinion of values. And, and even back in the 2013, 2014, you could do opinion of value on a metal building and all day long it was 40, 50 bucks a foot. Mm-hmm. Now, cost on those buildings are 80 to $90 a square foot. And, and we just put one under contract a while back and it was $125 a square foot. We saw Jeez. some stuff on the south side of town. It's $130 a square foot. And it's not so much the, the builders taking money off the table. It's that's, I mean, they're, they're expensive. That's approaching, you know, like a class C B, you know, you know, even decent office space price per square foot. Cause that's, we just saw some transfers, what, 130 to 40 bucks a square foot for office. We did. We did. Yes. And, and it's, it's so much that even the price of lumber, the price of lumber skyrocketed in a couple of years ago. And, and so everybody started moving to metal and now they're moving back to lumber. It is such an ambiguous market right now. Uh, the tilt up to the benefit of tilt up. It is, it is, a, it is an enclosed unit in the fact of the high, it's highly insulated. Um, they, they, they are very, very efficient. Uh, so you got to take that excessive cost, uh, in towards the if you're looking at that towards metal but i've seen people stick frame those as well because yeah. it's it, it's just as cost effective it's crazy i mean and kind of on that same line of thinking mark so you know the the price per square foot that they're they're selling at i mean that's you know approaching like i said the office market almost and so let's talk a little bit about you know what what we saw i guess we could call it quote unquote, pre-pandemic type stuff. 2019, you know, I know you touched on it a little bit, but, you know, I guess more specifically, some of the vacancy levels, what were those looking like kind of 2019, early 2020? So to, to, I think to fully understand the 2019, the 2018, the 2019 and the 2020, even pre-COVID, I think we need to step back to the to our last recession that, that we'll say it started in 2009, uh, ran until we'll say 2012. And what had happened was um, any sort of construction, um, any sort of construction or real estate transaction during that recession from, from 2009 to 2012, 2013, it stopped. The whole market stopped. Nobody was pulling permits. Nobody was building anything. Most contractors had to go out and get a different job. So that just why that just caused the whole the whole market to just go vacant. And mm-hmm. and and so we so we had a stall in in construction. We had a stall in use, and, and it was the perfect storm for the industrial side. Then in about 2014, we, our construction started picking back up and, and, and there was a slow motion, but it was slow to pull permits. And, and, and there was a there was a really big um, the demand grew. 
right, Mike? And 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 so that that lasted for three or four years until we, I think we, every market on on a national scale realized that we need more. We need more of these. And, and so the permits started coming. Unfortunately, we were so slow to grow back with contractors. Um, all the contractors that went out and got different jobs, they, they, they weren't around to build these buildings. And so that, that caused a, a uh, high demand and, and low supply. Mm-hmm. I think that ran up until 2019, 2020, uh, we'll say pre-COVID. And then COVID hit. Right, Mike, and, and and what had happened when when COVID hit was everybody's at home. Yep. Everybody realizes that they they need to throw up a fence, and and so that caused a lot of heart pain. And so I think it's been the perfect storm for for supply. It's been the perfect storm for storm for demand. Um, even pre COVID, uh, the vacancy rate here locally was was about three percent. And and then a couple years ago, we were at about a one and a half percent vacancy. And now I, what were we last time? About one percent? I think one, maybe, maybe even just a touch under one. And, and how do you even run a one percent vacancy? I mean, that, how do you even figure that? That's almost nil. I mean, that's saying that ninety nine point something of your buildings are full. That's tight. And, and while the. I believe the last I looked on the national level, I think our, our vacancy rate on the national level is nearly four and a half percent to the benefit of investors. And on the industrial side, it's a, it's a home run mm-hmm. for them. But unfortunately, when you look at that for for shovel ready spaces, for growth of a city, for, for all sides of that need, it's not good. It's not good. And I think, you know, some of my hopes or insight is with this South Beltway now that there could maybe we could see some other little pockets of maybe some South industrial. That's that's my hope. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but that would hopefully maybe give Lincoln some more some more industrial space and product. I think we'll see some pop up as 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 investors go out there and they they acquire the ground and, and, and start putting them up. And that would be perfect again for the circulation. Right. To the downfall of our industry on the commercial side of, of real estate, we're trying to find that equilibrium of, of supply and demand and where pricing should be as triple net charges uh, go up because property taxes have gone up, insurance is going up, everything's going up, labor's going up for cams. As, as we see that, just the general rental rates, I don't think we've seen that that uh, where the supply and demand meet on the curve. Mm-hmm. And and I think we're slowly trying to raise rates. But as we're filling and selling these spaces, I, I think we need to find that that equilibrium point that, that tells us where the supply and demand meet. I agree. It's, it's definitely a, it's an interesting market for sure. And I think it seems to me that if you're working with a client or you're a user or investor. One of our goals here at NAIFMA is to know what's coming online before it comes online, if that makes sense. So if you said, hey, Mark or Mike or anyone on the team, I'm looking for this. Can you put your finger on the pulse and let me know if something comes up? You know, we will, of course, do our best to to place you or find you something, you know, as best we can. And with our network of, you know, Mark has numerous clients in the industrial field. Um, so he may know of something that comes aboard uh, before, you know, it's, it's out there in the universe, so to speak. And, and, and the one other 
portion of this to 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 add to segue from from Mike's comment, the the one part of this that is so difficult is the land and. Typically, for years and years, you would your, your a price of a I zoned, which is industrial, or even an H zoned piece of ground was a buck to a buck and a quarter, and you would find those buck to a buck and a quarter pieces of ground all over. You just had to find the space that was perfect for you. Um, those prices nowadays are six to seven dollars a square foot. We saw some stuff on the the northeast corner of town that was nearly ten dollars a square foot. Wow. And what's ten dollars a square foot? That's usually retail. That's, that's high. That's high retail. And and uh, to price that for industrial, that only falls back on the on the user or the the tenant because that's going to back into the, the the rental rate at some point. So it is. We are trying to find it. it we are almost like home real estate agents trying to put together a reason for this whole economy. And it's just not there yet. Nope. I think with time, we'll, we'll have better answers. Um, and, you know, looking even, you know, forecasting into, you know, the remainder of this year and uh, maybe even trickling into 24. You know, do you see any movement on, you know, rental costs or or things of that nature? I think we have a ways to go before we find before we just find the shell cost of a of a lease rate or a sale price. I don't think we've hit the the top. I, I, I think we're trying to find that top, but I, I just don't think we're there yet. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're there yet. Well, as we approach, you know, double digit price per square foot, you know, i.e., you know, the the $10 triple net for industrial flex space, people are paying that. And I, I think that's, I mean, that just goes to show you the supply and demand. And, and just to memorialize where we're at today, we are, this is the, we'll say first half of, of 2023 and interest rates, I, I think are, are in the same boat. We're trying to find that level plateau of, of what needs to be the average rate. Is it 6%? Is it 7%? Two, three years ago, you could get a commercial loan for three and a half percent. And I think that's a large basis on the investment side as well. Um, It has to be. Yeah. So I I think there's just so many variables right now that we're trying to find a a level plateau. And I just don't think we're going to be there for I think we have a couple years left. Yeah. Still some uncertainty. But uh, Mark and I are here to weather the storm, answer any questions you might have. This is kind of our industrial synopsis recap of what's going on. And as, as usual, if this spurred any thoughts, questions, feel free to call either one of us. We're available at any time to chat industrial or anything else. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Have a great week. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the speaker's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of NAI FMA Realty. The material and information presented here is for general information purposes only. NAI FMA Realty disclaims any liability or responsibility for any individual's use or reliance on the information presented in this podcast.